A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Josh Brown, uh, this is a Monday. I'll be in Japan by the time people hear this. I love the power of technology. Yeah. Where specifically will you be by, by now? Are you in Osaka or are you in Tokyo? I will be in Tokyo. It's Monday. Oh, no, if it's mon- if it's exactly Monday, I've not even left the country. So I'm, I, I leave for Japan on Tuesday morning. Well, this one, Take it all back. I think, we're recording all of these on Friday yes. because, of course, you are going on holiday for a few weeks. This one should be going up in, I think, two weeks' time. The right. Monday after the Monday <laughs> that Resident Evil 4 came out. Oh, we're also what. doing, and we have have done yes. at this point a Resident Evil ranking, which is very spicy indeed. I tell you what, in that regard, uh, if we're talking about two weeks' time, I might be with Mr. Mario himself in the Super Nintendo world because I that's that's almost close to when I'm coming back again. I'm lost off this, to be honest, but a, a nice j- j- nice Japanese things. Not what we were going to do the podcast on, but describe to me what Mario World is. Is that what you even just said there? That's yes, yes. So said, they've right? got uh, Super Nintendo World that's is it, uh, is like m- Nintendo's foray into um, theme parks, and so you go in. I've not looked up that much of it because I want to be surprised by what is there. I kind of treat it as spoilers, the amount of different videos people have done right. where they do first-person camera walking through it all. Um, I think there's a real-life Mario Kart thing there. Yeah. Um, I think there's, um, I forget what other sort of uh, game things they've adapted, but I know that there's a central area that's made to look like the Mushroom Kingdom with giant boxes you can punch and uh, mushrooms that you can pick up and what are various toadstool-themed things. Not to uh, turn your lovely, you know, disconnected <laughs> holiday into a bit of content, but you should absolutely Absolutely, do some shots when you're there. Oh, God. Get some stuff filmed. We'll edit it when you're back. I want to see what that stuff looks I'll like. See. What I'm going to do, I've uh, basically, it's worth saying because this, yeah, this will be a few weeks in, so it'll be weird at this point if I'm still talking about the fact of going to Japan, having then been in Japan for quite some time. Um, but it is like a weird thing of recording all this stuff on the Friday, the 24th of March, um, for the next couple of weeks, and then wanting to completely disconnect from the hashtag content and just and enjoy being in Japan. It's like a big dream trip that I've always wanted to do. Um, but also being aware that it's really really cool to be there and I really want to take all the photos and the videos and publish them all post them all put them all on Instagram put them all on TikTok well I mean whatever you're, you're taking a break from the content to go to the content capital of the world so <laughs> I mean you might have done this to yourself I might have done and to be fair we're going during cherry blossom season which is one of the most beautiful times of, of the, the year when it comes to Japan um, and yeah and we've booked loads of different things from the Kirby Cafe to the Final Fantasy Cafe to the Pokemon Cafe to the Super Nintendo world there's a lot going on John. did you get this sh- not, not to just point out maybe the one that you didn't get did you get the Studio Ghibli uh, tickets no, we in didn't. the end. Oh, I'm so sorry. To no, bring it's that cool. Up. I'll tell you what. I, uh, I'm curious whether anyone has been able to get tickets to go to the Studio Ghibli because there's Studio Ghibli Park and there's the Studio Ghibli Museum, and the park is a bit easier to get to. But the uh, I swear as well, this is the wind up. This is the podcast where it goes out on the Monday. We talk about the ongoing uh, conversations in the gaming industry, the news, and whatever else. Um, but Studio Ghibli, if you want to go there because of the nine hour difference, you need to stay up until one in the morning UK time and then just refresh your browser like a madman and hopefully try and catch one of the slots that's available. 
the Studio Ghibli um, server status, the, the server load, the ability for them to handle the amount of requests that are coming in is absolutely effing terrible. <laughs> and we tried because they put up the whole month in advance. I think it was a whole month. So we tried two separate times when they should have been available yeah. and just refreshed the page for about two hours solid. And even if you managed to get on one of the time slots, um, it would crash at one of the stages where you're paying for it or you're trying to uh, identify the pictures that have all the lampposts in, oh, you know, no, one of those security yeah. check things. It was a nightmare, Josh Brown. So no, we tried a lot and we couldn't get in there, but it's okay because that was more of my wife's thing. I, at this point, I'm sacking off Studio Ghibli. You know what? I'll be in Super Nintendo World. That's it. You've got plenty lined up. You know, next <laughs> time you go to Japan, you can do the Studio Ghibli stuff. Hell yeah, we can. Next time. Speaking of things we can do, um, we thought for this particular wind-up because we were thinking of certain angles that we can do that aren't necessarily, uh, or are more, sorry, uh, more timeless, not necessarily necessarily tied to a specific thing. Um, which is to say that we thought we'd do a conversation about Konami and the fact that they are kind of coming back this year. Um, I'm going to read some quotes and I'll get around to some stuff um, that is going on with Konami themselves. But the lovely Willie Araya, who's one of the people who always submits stuff for our Untitled Banter podcast each Friday, um, asked me over on Twitter, would we fancy doing a Metal Gear Solid quiz? And I and said, you know me very well, there Mr. Willie Araya. There wasn't an answer to that question that wasn't hell yeah, was there? <laughs> really? Give thank me a hell so much. yeah. Um, so absolute massive thank you over to Willie Araya, who put together this Metal Gear Solid quiz. Um, um, escalating in challenge. Now, we were initially going to do this with Jules, but we just didn't have that much time. You'll see all the different things that we filmed in person going up across the next couple of weeks. Um, and I just thought, be, in a way, it's more fun for me and Josh to do a head-to-head because we're both massive Metal Gear nuts anyway. Well, we're about to find out we're if about we to really find out. are. Um, so this is 12 questions. Um, it's three. I think it's three or four levels of difficulty which we go up. The first set is easy. Easy enough. Allegedly. Allegedly. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, so we'll get through these, and then we'll get back to Konami stuff, and we'll talk about Metal Gear and Konami in general. But first, easy a question, in theory. Come on. We'll see how you go. What's the name of the island where Metal Gear Solid 1 is set? <laughs> now I'm pretty sure I know what that is. <laughs> this, is this is the easy question? Do you not know that? Let's just like, I, I know the place is called okay. Shadow Moses, but yeah, I don't that's know. Fine. I was going to shoot with Shadow Moses. I'm going to shoot with Shadow so we Moses. we both shoot with Shadow Moses. Uh, it was Shadow Moses Island. That's great. Which the island is inferred. I, I didn't know. I never knew if Shadow Moses was like the facility or but it, all the island, but I'm going to I know that it's, it's in the, um, the island. There's something archipelago because I young me, young nine year old me had never heard the word archipelago before. Isn't it great when you get a word like that and then it suddenly you remember where you were when you heard it for the first time? <laughs> I remember when I first heard the word monotonous. It was in an Ooh. English class and uh-huh. we were reading a book and I used that for ten years straight. Beautiful. It was the one big word I knew for a long time, so I got monotonous in everywhere, as I'm sure you got archipelago you made it monotonous. in everywhere. I really yeah, did. I it, really was, did. it was quite poetic. Um, number two, how many snakes are there? Characters with snake as a code name and Raiden doesn't count. Oh, that's a good That's a really good question. question. In a way, I want to. I almost want to collaborate with you on this because yeah. it's a conversation anyway. That's true. Um, but in my head, I'm thinking uh, Venom Snake, Naked Snake, Solid Snake. Yeah. That's it. Mm, no. Nah, because you've got... Hang on. You got you got Venom Snake. Yep. You've got Solid Snake. Yep. You got Solid Dust Snake. Oh, of course. You've got Liquid Snake, like you said. Oh my god, yeah. You got does Punish Snake count as someone else? Punish Snake is naked, right? No, we don't. But it's a different technically a different title. Uh, mm, I'm gonna assume that he means the character. I wanna so. go I wanna go with code names. I wanna go five then. I wanna go five. How many snakes are there? Characters with snake as a code Oh you're right, characters with snake as a code name. Characters with snake as a code name. Did the boss ever have snake as a code name? No. I'm gonna go five. I'm gonna go five. Okay, I'll um Cause, oh, oh and I'll tell you okay, I'll, I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you my elaboration of why uh, I'm separate, naked, and punished uh-huh. afterwards. Wait, no. 
Hang on, I'm going to go back to... <laughs> we, we, we might end up cutting a lot of this out because there's going to be a lot of deliberation. I'm thinking in my head, and I'm going to... Everyone's you, playing along home. I'm going to let you in on the answer. I'm going to let yeah, you in on my reasoning. I'm okay. going to go Venom Snake. Yep. Punish Snake. Okay. Naked Snake. Yep. Solidus Snake. Yep. Liquid, sa- yep. w- liquid Snake. Yep. And Solid Snake. I'm going to go yes. six. I will go five in that case because <sighs> I don't think... It's it's it is such a semantic thing because it it's is. characters with snake as a code name. Characters is the numerical part of this. I would assume. I will shoot with five. You will shoot with six. The correct answer is five. No. Solid snake brackets old snake liquid snake solid snake naked snake brackets big boss and venom snake. I'll take it. You so know what? I can't complain undone, about that whatsoever. Undone by uh, Mr. Kojima's marketing a little bit there. I'm not going to give myself half a point, but I think spiritually I deserve half it's, a point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're keeping track of the scores. I, I am terrible with numbers, as you'll all find out when you find or you watch our mastermind Resident <laughs> Evil quiz. Couldn't for the life of me remember the numbers people were on, but that'll be coming up. Um, I think next week uh, we all sort of challenge each other on how much we knew about Resident Evil. Anyway, number three in the Metal Gear quiz is who is the final boss of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? Oh. I know this. I, I think I, I think know, I know this. this. It's, I can't remember his name. It's Senator yep. Armstrong. Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. We're both shooting with Senator Armstrong. Senator Armstrong. Oh, full name given here. So Senator Stephen Armstrong. Brackets, just the surname counts as correct. There, there we, we go. Thought Thank this you very much. Very much. Absolutely nailing this. Absolutely. Uh, okay, now we, that that was just out of the um, the easy portion. Yeah. Now we are into the normal, <laughs> the normal portion. Uh, name of the firearm used by Solidus Snake and the Frogs Unit. So I'm assuming Solidus from Metal Gear Solid Two, and then the Frogs Unit is in Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah, I think I've got this. I know the gun itself is a P90. A P90. Yeah. We're shooting with a P90. Um, the FN P90. Do we get? I think we get that. No brackets for that. So, I mean, if it was Willborn rules, it would literally be, I'm only accepting what's written down on the card. You know what? Willie Ray might have made these questions, yep. but we're hosting these questions, and I'm going to make an executive decision that I think that counts. You know, colloquially known okay, we can both, we can both have the that. P90. Number five in the normal category, name all of the Cobra unit members, plus the boss's original code name. Oh, no way. That's a brilliant question. That is a brilliant question. No way am I getting this. Uh, okay. Um, we're almost collaborated. I said head-to-head, but we're almost collaborating on this. Yeah. Um, because how are you supposed to do it without <laughs> writing down separate stuff? That's a good point. Um, we got the pain. We got the sorrow. Mm-hmm. We got the fury. Um, I wouldn't have got this, by the way. So I'm, gonna give my, I'm not giving myself a point, so I'm passing on the this. Pain, the I, sorrow, I'd the fury. I'd have got those, but I'm out after that. The pain, the sorrow, the fury, the end. Yeah. Um, who's the... Oh, my God. What was the boss's one? Oh, that's the one I don't know. I really don't know. Ah, oh, she was she was another the thing. It's my least played Metal Gear game three, so I'm really? gonna get all of these wrong. Well, we both lose this because I can't think of them all five of them anyway. Reveal. Are you uh, sure you don't want one? Well, final unless goal? I'm one correct. guess at what the boss was called. Come on. Maybe I'm correct. Maybe okay. Name all the Cobra members plus the original code name. I was thinking there were like five or six of them. Um, the Pain, the Fury, the Boss slash whatever they are. The Pain, the Fury, uh, the the <laughs> the Pain, the Fury, the Sorrow. Um, the fear, that's the other one I couldn't think of. The bees. The bees man is the pain. <laughs> or the the pain, the fury? He's the one, he's the first one you fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's whatever I said. But I can't think of what uh, the bosses is. Here's just like the hope or the joy or something. Mm. Um, that rings a bell. I'm going to shoot with the joy. Um, answer, the pain, the fear, the end, the fury, the sorrow and the joy. <laughs> Did we say the end though? Uh, I did say the end. There we go. Okay, I'll give you that. As a, as a cumulative answer, I said the end the first time when I run them out of my fingers. That's you can, fine. Okay. No, no, no. I'll, I'll take it. You can choose whether that's... I can't uh, believe you got the joy. That's amazing. Bending all the rules. I uh, I remember there's a really old article that we, or I wrote, on how could Metal Gear possibly continue without Hideo Kojima, and I thought we could do Metal Gear Joy. 
and put oh, joy underneath it. Nice. And you do the boss's story. I'd like that. Do that. I'd like that as well. I also thought Metal Gear Fox would be cool. Do a great Fox game. I'm surprised they've not done that. No. I would Fox. play that game. They love, they love pronouncing Fox as if it was an A instead. <laughs> Fox. It's great. Uh, number six. How did Solid Snake defeat Big Boss during the Zanzibar land incident? Oh. I know this. Um, this is going all the way back to Metal Gear 2. How did Not Metal Big, Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Wait, two. how did Big Boss defeat Solid Snake? How did Solid yeah. Snake defeat Big Boss during the Zanzibar Land incident? It's the final boss of Metal Gear 2. Yeah. And on I like know, the Famicom or something. I know at one point he defeated him with a flamethrower. Yeah. Is that this I game, think you'll probably though? get that. It's a, it's like a spray can, and he, right. he uses it with a lighter, and he, yeah. <laughs> he burns him and stuff. Uh, answer, Snake defeated Big Boss with a makeshift flamethrower. Yeah, Made with it. an aerosol spray and a lighter. Uh, I think we're both very good with that. Uh, okay. We are into the hard portion of the quiz. Um, God help anyone who's not a Metal Gear Solid fan, by the way. Um, <laughs> who's just sticking around for the Konami news. They just want to know what's happening in the industry. We'll yeah, get there. We'll get we'll there. Get there. Uh, number seven in the hard uh, portion of the quiz. Name the one-word theme for each of the main Metal Gear Solid titles. Metal <sighs> Gear Solid 1 through 5 and Peace Walker have one. That's great, that. And I used to be obsessed with this stuff Themes. back in the day. Yeah, if we're talking about... The- Okay, if you know what this is, I don't think I know what this is. I, man, because it's like number number two, yep. Sons of the Sons of Liberty, uh-huh. I think is, I think that's meme. Oh, you, you know what I mean? So God, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 1, I think is Gene. Metal Gear Solid 2, I think is meme. And then I don't know. I only, I only. Know I also thought that was two. just Kojima doing his thing on a trailer because he's that when they rotate through and then now it just says his name or something again. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell you what they were. We we we're both going zero for that because I don't know. What that I, is. I know I, I don't know them all at all. I know Gene and Meme, and then I'm okay, out. okay, I'm out. Mean Gene. Uh, so the <laughs> through each game, Kojima had a one-word theme, all caps, encapsulating the narrative of each. Those are Metal Gear Solid was Gene for Gene Therapy, cloning, defined by your genes, etc. Metal Gear Solid 2 was meme, memes before the internet, <laughs> lol, ideas passed on through people in generations. Metal Gear Solid 3 was seen, the time and, or S-C-E-N-E. Right. Uh, the oh, time and place, was. time and place was. things happen and the impact on them. Metal Gear Solid 4 was sense, the way someone sees the world that is lost when they die, the whole point of Zero and Big Boss's War. That's, that's, that's brilliant. I didn't yeah. know you had that going on. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker was peace, the concept of peace involving real peace and also nuclear deterrence. And Metal Gear Solid Five was race slash revenge, race being the conflicts and issues caused by differences of race and language, and revenge being about the pa- about pain and loss, physical and mental, suffered by Snake and Kaz. He saw a half-assed that one, didn't you? He was like, <laughs> all right, there's two for this one. Not the point, Kojima. Not the thing you had established. It's, look, it's, it's a Friday. He's trying to cram it. He's off to Japan. He's got things to do. He's, uh, he needs to get it out the way. Uh, number eight in the hard, sorry, the next question in the hard section, number eight overall, in which year did Metal Gear Solid 3, Peace Walker, and Metal Gear Solid 5 take place? Ah, oh, that's... These are great questions, These are great by questions, William Ray. You've absolutely nailed us. Really, really good. What um, year did it take place? Um, I'm, mm, I'm, quite, I'm quite sure. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Oh, man, I want to go 1968 for this one. I'm going to go 1964. Ooh... It is 1964. Oh. I, I don't know why there's that one, and uh, something else happens in 1973. You swine. As you do. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, Peace Walker. Oh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid 3, Peace Walker, and Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, yeah, there's a whole thing about Metal Gear Solid 5. 1975 is Ground Zero, so I was wrong anyway with my 1973 thing. Close, though. It's close enough. And 1984 for Phantom Pain. 
number nine. Name the song that the boss AI sings at the climax of Peace Walker and the band that performs it in the game's credits. Can I tell you a secret? Please do. Never finished Peace Walker. Really? Played Peace Walker, never finished, wasn't my thing. Oh. Played it during the HD collection when I went through two and three. Oh, that's, so, that's a bad way to play that game. Is it it really? only works as a PSP game. It's, ah. I, would, I mean, that was a lovely little riding on the bus kind of game for me. Well, here's the issue. Story's absolute garbage. Metal Gear though. Acid burned me on the idea of ever getting a Metal Gear game for PSP. I love Acid. I know. Card-based <laughs> strategy games, mate. Ah, oh, not hey. for me. That's the, that's the exact, like, that's like a jump scare for me. <laughs> yeah. Imagine young me thinking, oh, I've got this PlayStation <laughs> Portable. <laughs> And Metal Gear, my favorite series at the time, is on it. Brilliant. Then it's a card game. Jump scare. I love you pushing the button to thinking you're going to fire a gun and you just be placed the card down. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> well, why am I doing this? How what do I get is out of that? Um, the song that it sings is like this weird like child's nursery rhyme thing. It, it's not Wheels on the Bus, but it's something like that. It's something like Fasola Tobido kind of thing. It's something like that. Can I'm not going to. You can. Um... Oh, man, I've actually, I don't even know. Twinkle, twinkle, little star is what I'm going to go. <laughs> I think I might be completely, it's actually Sing by the Carpenters. <laughs> oh, completely, completely wrong ballpark. No pack. idea. Now, we are into the extreme portion of the quiz. Now, if you're in Europe, What's you'll this? know that European Extreme was once a difficulty but in Metal Gear Solid 2, and I think 3 as well. Yep. Um. So the 10th question, Dead Cell was the enemy unit team in Metal Gear Solid 2. Name the two members who were cut from the final game. Ah, oh, that's I know great. one of them. Um... I don't know, I don't know. Um, One of them was Chinaman, which I think they cut because it's a very outdated term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was ever even indated. But one of them was Chinaman. He was was what Vamp became because he was like this really fast-moving martial arts dude with like a dragon, I think, on his back that came to life. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm pleased he went with Vamp. Yeah, same, Um, even though I love martial arts stuff. There was one more, was there? There was another who I can't think... Um, I don't know if we're doing bon- if we're doing half points or anything for this. I've seen so much behind the scenes stuff from MGS2, and mm-hmm. for some reason, I've never seen this. Not even in a list. Like we d- we've done it's so uh, many Metal Gear lists, I've not even seen this in a list. It's man. in that um, document of Metal Gear Solid Two release they put out, where it's just it's like an official release, and they just they just go through like everything. I've seen it <laughs> years ago. I've I was there. It. I saw it. I was there. I don't um, know this. Would you like to shoot with anything in particular? Absolutely not. So the answers are Old Boy and Chinaman. Kojima and his name's lol. Uh, elements of Chinaman were incorporated into Vamp's boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 2, and elements of Old Boy were later added to the end in Metal Gear Solid 3. That's, oh, of course, Old Boy. Because he's literally, he's just an old boy. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> I want to give you a half a point for that. Thank you. Uh, number 11, who are Revolver, Os- Revolver, who are Revolver, Ocelot's parents. That's very easy. Is it now? I th- well, I'm saying that. I think so. Is it easy, Scott Tilford? <laughs> I think it is. Is it now? <laughs> is uh, one of his parents the boss? Yes. And is his other parent um, the, the the main antagonist of MGS3? Borgen. No, that doesn't sound I said right, that in a way it? that lets you know it's not correct. Yeah, it's not correct. Do that, I want to win or not? I don't know. I have No, is it as the sorrow? It is. Uh, The Sorrow and the Boss revealed in a codec call with Eva in Metal Gear Solid 3. Final question. What does Lale Lule Lo mean and why do people say it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> the Lali Lule Lo. I just thought it was the Lali Lule Lo. Is it? Oh, man. No, 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 no. There's no. a very, very tiny portion of my cerebral cortex that remembers what this is, but I cannot draw from it. Nah. It's a... Uh, because I, I, this isn't anything. To, this is just me doing a Metal Gear stupid knowledge flex. But yeah. I know what Kuwabara Kuwabara means. What does that mean? Uh, which is uh, it was in the original reveal trailer for Metal Gear Solid Three, and it's when Volgan walks out onto the drawbridge, and it's in the final game. But he says Kuwabara Kuwabara, and apparently, um, and I've actually never actually looked this up, but apparently in Japanese mythology, uh, when there's a thunderstorm on. Um, a lot of like uh, the older generation would tell young kids that if they don't say Kuwabara Kuwabara, a lightning god will appear and steal their belly buttons. Interesting. So you've got to make sure you scream it. I like that. Keep your belly button. Yeah. Keep it in place. I love my belly button as well. <laughs> it's want, an any if you want to know. I don't want a thunder god taking that. No. I think that's, that's all yours. Uh, I, I can't even think what this is. I think it's a general expression of something, but I, I couldn't tell you what it is. No, no, I always just I... thought it was the vowels rearranged, like because it's just A, I, E, U, whatever. Yeah. With L's in front of each one. I, anyway. I want to put it on record. Yes. I have no idea what Kojima is ever doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I don't even apply logic to it. You I ask feel... me what the plot of Death Stranding is, one of my favorite games of all time. No clue, Scott no. Telford, no clue. It's where apocalypse is solved with a hug. Yeah. You, you just hug the apocalypse, and the apocalypse is like, yeah, I'm not going to, nah, I'm all right. Um, but it depends how it goes. I think if you ever cornered Kojima and made him answer stuff, he would still just scratch the record in the corner and run away anyway. <laughs> so you know, you know what? That's what I want him it to might do. Be what you want. I really do. The Lali Lule Lo uh, is a system implemented by the Patriots who via nanomachines sensor. This is a great long answer. Um, implemented by the Patriots, who via nanomachines censor every instance of a person saying the word Patriot or Patriots. People with Patriots nanomachines will always say it whenever they try to say those words, even if they don't know who or what the Patriots are. The phrase comes from a password used by Zero and Naked Snake during Operation Snake Eater. Who are the Patriots? Lalilulelo. Listen, right? I have no idea where, which game that's from, but Willie Araya Must does. be two, surely, or maybe four with a lot of bloody Ollie exposition in that. That what, or Peace Walker. That's what, the one where it gets really deep. Very true. What's interesting about that is... Are the Patriots idiots? Because there's a little function, my friends, on Twitter called muted words. Just mute the word Patriot. 
<laughs> like, if, don't uh, go to all this trouble. No, it's, uh, just just replace it on word. Find and replace. Just, yeah, uh, just <laughs> what are you doing? You're acting acting a fool. Um, I think yeah. One, I want to say an unbelievable thank you to Willie Ray for putting this together. That was Absolutely a lot of fun. brilliant. Genuinely, that was some extremely good questions. If anyone else wants to send us in trivia based quiz stuff, um, we're going to try and steer full ball into quiz stuff in general. We got a mastermind set up. We got buzzers that work. We got a lighting system thing. We absolutely do. We got all sorts of different things. Would you like to know what your final score was? I would. I didn't even think on? of that. I'm just assuming I did all right. You got a pretty healthy 8.5. Get in. And I got a pretty tragic 5.5. That's still fine. It's That's still bad. far more than anyone, any people in a 100-mile radius would get on a Metal Gear Solid quiz. Well, so uh, we're still the two experts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we're, still, we're still dominating. We're, no one can challenge us. No. It's, a, it's There's two people in this podcast and we're the two experts. <laughs> no one else is coming in. No one could possibly uh, get anywhere near us. Now, let's talk a little bit about Konami and stuff um, in general because I feel like overall there's been a few people saying, look, it seems like Konami are making a bit of a push to get back into the industry. We had the TMNT Kawabunga collection last year. We obviously had Shredder's Revenge, which is more of a licensing thing overall. Um, but you did have, or you do have, uh, Dead Cells getting the Castlevania expansion, which just, they're planting all these little seeds just reminding people of the things they used to be known for, yeah. um, whether it be TMNT, whether it be Castlevania. Um, and also there was a whole statement at the start of the year that Famitsu wrote up, um, just, to, just way back in January, just saying that Konami overall, and this was part of their New Year's uh, announcement, their mission statement for the year, um, they said they're planning new games for well-known series with the aim of making even greater strides. In addition, new projects that we have yet to announce um, to you are also deeply and quietly underway. Uh, please look forward to Konami's future announcements. Um, speaking of their big games, obviously there was the uh, Silent Hill dedicated live stream last year, which I, at the time, was like, this is kind of cool. Like, even if you're back and forward on Silent Hillf or whatever, <laughs> I still feel like overall a lot of people were like, oh, Konami's doing a thing again. Yeah. And it's not just pachinko machines. Absolutely. Like, I got swept up in the moment of that. I thought mm. all the reveals looked excellent. Same. I've kind of soured on it now. Not necessarily soured, mm. but I'm not as optimistic as I was because I realized it's a lot of projects to green light. The time frame's crazy. The time well. frame yeah. is crazy, and they haven't necessarily proven themselves that they can do any of this right at this mm. moment in time. Yeah, the promise of those Silent Hill games is amazing, and I absolutely want all of them to be incredible return to form return to forms for mm -hmm. the entire franchise and to be excellent and to put Silent Hill back on the map in the yes. same way that Resident Evil currently is and Dead Space now is thanks to the remake from EA. Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking at what Konami has actually accomplished over the last few years, nothing they've done apart <laughs> from that announcement fills me with the confidence that they can execute on that promise. No. And that's kind of what scares me because I like the idea that they are coming back. The intentions are there mm -hmm. and the intentions are good, I think. It's just whether they're able to execute it because what have they done in 20 years that <laughs> indicates they have the ability to pull this off. Again, that's my cynical brain. I think I'd go back 20 overtime. years. I know maybe that's a bit too far. But I'd go, I mean, like obviously there was all this stuff that happened between Hideo Kojima and Konami. There was the whole tiff that we didn't really get fully detailed, but it was meant to be that some CEO, someone at the top of Konami was very much sick of how long Kojima was taking to make Metal Gear games. Um, and at some point, he it was revealed actually quite recently that Kojima wanted to do an episodic Metal Gear game, yeah. which might have cost even more money. It depends on how what the level of production was for each particular thing. Um, but for whatever reason, they had some big falling out and Kojima obviously left Konami quite publicly and everything. But I feel like, 
you know, it's not like you really like only. It's only really Metal Gear that was held up back then because you had Castlevania dove off into all the Lords of Shadow stuff, um, which has its fans. But I don't think that you know, if you're a Castlevania fan, you're you're pointing to Symphony of the Night, you're pointing to the 2D stuff, yeah, um, you're pointing to the general progression of those games rather than trying to ape God of War kind of thing. Absolutely. And so for me, I think that leading with Castlevania stuff, planting a seed in Dead Cells, isn't something that I thought would happen at all. If I think of Dead Cells with it being a roguelike or whatever, I wasn't thinking that's a adjacent Castlevania thing. But they also put um, was it Alucard and uh, one of the Belmonts in uh, Smash Brothers? Yeah. Just little things to sort of remind you of those IP. Well, the stuff of like getting the Silent Hill characters in like Dead by Daylight. They, yes. They've had these deals in place for a while, mm-hmm. and that's always been cool. I've loved that they've actually let those characters live in other forms and have these kind of crossover appearances. It's Castlevania just, Netflix as well. Castlevania is Netflix. Like by far the best animated game thing. Absolutely. Of Hopefully, this new Silent Hill movie is going to be good, but I'm just mm-hmm. looking at what Konami has put out. Right. In over the past like two decades, and honestly, man, I I, I kind of stand by what I said, <laughs> even though it was just thrown out there. You know, two all... decades takes you back to Metal Gear Solid Three, though. It does, and I will say that Metal Gear Solid Three is absolutely. I mean, not Metal Gear Solid Three. Metal Gear as a series mm. is the exception, but it always has been. Like right. Kojima had so much control that Konami clearly didn't like by the end of it because he was going over yeah. budget or taking too long. I imagine he's a nightmare to rein in. Probably, yeah. absolutely. Uh, in a the Metal Gear series for me was always an anomaly, but you look at mm. what they were doing with the likes of, um, I don't know, uh, Pez. I was just saying all the Pro Evo became eFootball and Pro, then they butchered it. Pro Evo, Castlevania, when they did those kind of like 3D action games, which I know I had their fans, mm. but didn't really do that well commercially. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a bunch of other stuff like the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, which was just kind of like languishing. It had a few games here and there, but not mm. much. Like, they've not made an all-timer game for my money outside of the Metal Gear franchise in literally decades. <laughs> like, if, if we're talking, like, really like good... Like, if, if, if the bar is Silent Hill 2. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because there are, there are other good Silent Hill games that came after Silent Hill, like, the original Team Silent stopped working on them. Like, mm. People have a lot of fondness for shattered memories. Downpour has a lot of really interesting elements to it. But when I'm talking about the confidence of them making a great game, I am going back to the likes of, you know, Metal Gear Solid in in what that established and Silent Hill 2 Mm. and even Silent Hill 3. Uh, and stuff like that, for me personally. Well, let's talk a little bit about Metal Gear, because I feel like that's the one thing missing at the minute. It's like they're planting the Castlevania seeds on Netflix, on different games. They've got the whole Silent Hill dedicated live stream. In terms of Metal Gear, there, it was rumored that Metal Gear Solid 1 was going to be remade. There was like a weird interview with David Hayter where he said one of his friends told him it was happening, and then nothing came of that in terms of an official announcement. Um, you know, that's that's kind of all we've had is this idea of remaking one. And I guess if you're doing the whole mesh the fingers together corporate approach to this, then you want to remind people how good the original was. Remake's very much in vogue. We're recording this on the day Resident Evil 4 comes out. Yeah. Um, in Dead Space and Metroid Prime. So it kind of, like, it's a weird thing because I'm like, do you put Metal Gear Solid 1 back out? Do you try and update it the same way they've done that with Metal Gear, uh, with their Resident Evil 4? And do you maybe switch some of the dialogue around? Do you make it less 90s? Uh, does that then mean you lose a lot of the... Um, the feel of the original Metal Gear, because even if they do do that, Kojima didn't write the Western script for that. Like, obviously, it was translated... I'd never remember the dude's name, but it was translated by one guy. So it's not that sacrilegious to, like, rewrite Metal Gear Solid 1 from Kojima's point of view. If you're worrying about challenging him online, is he going to tweet something or whatever? Maybe you can actually translate it exactly how he wanted it to be right? and do and call it the definitive edition. Like, maybe there's a weird way where re-releasing Metal Gear makes the most financial sense for Konami, and weirdly, they do write by Kojima's original script, because he always hated the Western script. Yeah. Uh, which I always loved. <laughs> it's, 
It's a, it's Metal Gear is an interesting one, isn't mm. it? Because I don't, I personally don't want another numbered installment without Kojima's mm. involvement. I think that can just be finished. That said, I do want more Metal Gear games, mm. and I don't even mind if Kojima is involved or not. And what I mean by that is, I would love a remake of MGS One, and I don't need it to be faithful to what Kojima did. Like right. if he's involved, or some of the people who made that game are involved, that would be great. Mm. Kind of like how Silent Hill Two is being made right now by mm. Bloober Team, but like the original artists are on board to kind of advise it and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, so much time has passed that. I think you can do a, a, a remake of MGS1 in the style of Resident Evil 2. That might not necessarily be the road I would go down, mm. but I think people would accept it more naturally than if we try to do a new numbered uh, sequel. Mm. And alongside that, if they have got multiple games in development, I also want to see more spin-offs, not like yes. Survive, but more like Revengeance. Like Ray give Fox. us a remake. Yeah, there you go. Give us <laughs> give, give us Mel Gear Fox. Sorry, uh-huh. give us a remake of Revengeance, or maybe even give us a Revengeance too. I would love to play. That's that game. a thing. Metal Gear, Reven- Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, that's been teased by Quentin Flynn. Yeah. Like, there was a whole thing about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance getting remade. Um, I'm not, I mean, I like Revenge. I love Revengeance. As a, I was thinking of it, I like it in terms of as a part of the Metal Gear canon. I'd love it as an action game. Um, but I can take it or leave it as part of Metal Gear. I know it is canon. Um, but I... I yeah, I don't really care about them doing more with that necessarily. I would, I would take the numbered sequel. I would take the would thing you? because, really? well, because Metal Gear was always more than Kojima. Like it is held up as, as a Hideo Kojima game, but there are a lot of staff that always helped him get his ideas over the finish line, whether it be the coders or whoever. I know he snatched up a lot of people to go across to um, Kojima Productions, but I'm just curious how much. I, I obviously don't know, but like the specifics of the staff that were left behind who worked with him for 20 years or 20 plus years, do they have it in them to help make another numbered Metal Gear? For me, I would rather they did the bigger risk of trying to continue something um, or fill in a gap like you do a numbered Metal Gear but it's Red Dead 2 style where it actually takes place earlier I don't know you just do something that says this has the official stamp of a, of a canon Metal Gear and then the risk is there and it's like can they pull that off that's exciting and, I, and I'm just curious and can you which bits feel like they're Kojima or Jason which bits feel like they were I don't know can the spirit of it be something because like you know be, be there without him because for me like when I think about Metal Gear I think about growing up with it and it's one of my favorite IPs of all time I, uh, when I first went through Metal Gear Solid 4, I didn't like the changes to how it played. Um, I didn't like the whole over-the-shoulder thing. Um, and then when we, then it was a huge wait until Metal Gear Solid 5. And I had to sort of remind myself that I still cared by the time Ground Zeroes and stuff came around. So I'm curious what era of Metal Gear you pull from, whether yeah. it's almost more like the top-down ones of the originals. Because um, they added the third-person camera to 3 when it came to 3DS and then when it got remastered. So that kind of stuff of, like, what even what is the perspective you go with? And, yeah. like, you know, how methodical is it stealth-wise? Is it more action-based? Can you run and gun through the whole thing like you could in 4 or 5? I think I'm just getting caught up on it being a numbered installment. Mm. I would not put a mainline Metal Gear games off the cards. I wouldn't take that off the cards. Right. I think, like you said there, you know... There is, there is space for a team to come in and continue that franchise, mm. just not in a completely directly way for me personally, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Kojima spent pretty much his entire life trying to pawn off the mainline Metal Gear games to other people Mm. and then always had to come back and step in and actually um, end up directing them. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of, to me, if I can make a movie comparison, it's kind of like, you know, something like Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead movies. Mm. You know, he's done something similar now where Sam Raimi made three great Evil Dead movies and Evil Dead movies continue with fresh new talent that's coming in to do mainline installments, but they're not connected to what he established, if that makes sense. So you've got like the Ash era 
And then you've got two other Evil Dead movies that one at least is really great and one's about to come out. Mm-hmm. And it's they can all coexist, but you couldn't, for my money, do another Ash movie without Sam Raimi involved more hands-on, no. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I think of with Metal Gear and Kojima. Like, you can definitely make a new mainline version. You can maybe even reboot it. You can mm-hmm. use some of the characters, but I don't think you could do a Metal Gear Solid 6 and bring back one of the snakes if you didn't have Kojima really involved with it. That's just for me, because yeah, I feel I like you would miss something, and I feel like you'd almost be being unfair to the team who have to then release that in the shadow of mm. Kojima's um, influence and presence because, you know, even a spin-off like Metal Gear Survive died kind of in part because everyone said, well, it's a Metal Gear without Kojima. We don't want that. Imagine trying to do that with a mainline installment. That's that's my view I on think, it. I don't even necessarily think it's right, but I don't know. No, I know what you mean. I think it'll all be in how they show it off. I mean, for me, Metal Gear Survive was like, oh my God, because that was in the worst of, of of that whole Kojima Konami thing. That almost felt personal. It was sort of like the remaining CEOs of the staff, the higher-ups at Konami, after the uh, Kojima had finally gone, were just like, we're going to take the thing that you love so much and we're going to do a generic zombie loot thing from it, and we're going to charge people for save slots, and we're going to kill this IP, yeah, um, because it's like personal. That's how it, it felt to me. Um, yeah, for me, it would be how it would come across because as soon as we saw that, we knew it was, we knew exactly what it was. It was like this generic zombie game, versus if you showed good, reliable stealth mechanics or maybe some cutscene direction that feels Kojima esque, or maybe there are different cliff notes that are left behind from some of the ideas that the team had. That Kojima, I imagine Kojima is very specific on what he wants and doesn't want, and I don't think he's like this, you know, perfect golden specimen. Like, the, some of the ideas in Death Stranding are ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, like, some of the stuff that he wanted to do, which is another part of, like, the trajectory it went on after Metal Gear Solid 4 was just just ridiculous, just way more magical realism stuff. Like, I, I don't mind it being reined in a little bit more, potentially. I just, I think proof will be in the pudding, but it'll depend on exactly what they show. Yeah. Um, and I'll just, last thing on that is that I don't necessarily need a numbered sequel, but I need a proper timeline sequel. Even if you, if you yeah. do do Metal Gear Fox or whatever, um, you could plug stuff into that timeline. I would agree as well. Like, mm. I would love, like, a mainline installment that took maybe even some of the characters, maybe almost do, like, a legacy sequel kind mm. of um, approach to it. I also agree that, you know, Kojima definitely has his faults. And for me personally, I wouldn't want a team to try to ape what he did because I don't think it can, you know. No. I wouldn't have liked it personally. Say what you will about the Star Wars sequels, mm. but I wouldn't have liked to have seen another team take George Lucas's notes and try to do a George Lucas. At that point for me, mm. I, in my opinion, you might as well just try your best to do something new because you're never going to be that person. You're never going to True. fully get what they tried to convey conveying a few notes, kind of same with Game of Thrones. I'm sure George yep. R. R. Martin left notes for the showrunners of that show, but this, the latest seasons <laughs> when they don't have actual source material to follow falter because they aren't that right yet. Yep. You can take someone's notes, but, gave you can't, the F up. Yeah, like, but you yeah. can't execute it exactly like they would. Just You can't get into someone's mind in that way to fully see their vision. True. And I don't think... You can. You definitely can't do that with someone like Kojima. <laughs> you, I would not like to spend a moment in that man's mind because it must be a, a kaleidoscope of ideas it and creative be, uh, avenues. Yeah, there'd have to be like a specific handover, a specific like, okay, this is where I was. Because that was, Lucas is interesting because he did have notes for what episode seven, eight, nine would have been, yeah. and then Bob Iger threw them out and didn't do them. But he had an idea for like a young Han Solo and all these different things that he would have plugged in. I think actually that young Han Solo was the prequel era, but he did have ideas for the future ones as well. Um, but because there's no handover, because it was so volatile. I guess at the time it almost felt like Kojima was just sort of kicked out the door or picked up his bags and went I'll F you I'm, I'm gone and I'll figure this out later 
that yeah, there is no sort of spiritual way it can carry forward. You're sort of picking up the pieces and reassembling it kind of thing. But yeah, I think the future of Metal Gear um, is in a way inextricably tied to the future of Konami. Like it, if it was, it was the IP that put them on the map. Like Metal Gear changed what gaming even is. Yeah. Like in terms of the cinematic side of it. So there's a lot to live up to, and I I just want people to try cool things. And if that, if those cool people that are fundamentally bolted to an IP, at least you can try cool things within that IP. I think the worst way it could go is if is the way the Star Wars sequels did go, where they're yeah. just corporate corporatized to death, where it just feels like test audiences test stuff 101. So I'm curious. But um, Konami in general, I feel like I've been on the sidelines for so long. Yes. I can kind of take or leave them. And I like whatever they are doing, I do respond positively to, but it'll depend what the actual games are. Ah, see, that's the thing. Like, it, It's another in theory versus yeah. in practice thing for me because the Silent Hill stuff, in theory, great. But you look at the last games they've made... Uh, with their established franchises, Metal Gear Survive, I know it was a little while ago, but eFootball, like that was their last <laughs> big test and they failed it like twice. Yeah, you know what very I mean? true. Yeah. Uh, like, that was one of their franchises that was beloved and they still managed to mess it up. Oh, and, and to like a hilarious degree. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think really, that was that was the most messed up, uh, like faces falling off character stuff since like Unity, like Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, we'll wrap this part for now. I'm just It was just a general talking point on the state of Konami and hopefully you uh, guys all enjoyed the Metal Gear Solid quiz and stuff. Um, this has been the wind-up. I don't even think I said our names. I'm Scott Tilford. That's Josh Brown. It's always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always a pleasure to be heard by all of you, and we'll catch you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.